Welcome to Practically Speaking, from the editors of Practical Dermatology Magazine. I'm your host, Todd Schlesinger. Groom Talks, Body Contouring, Snapchat, all are popular with millennials. What's that mean for you? In this second of two interviews recorded in Dubai during the Dazzle Conference, Dr. Elizabeth Husmond talks to host Dr. Todd Schlesinger about the expanding Generation Y population and their unique needs. Dr. Husmond, a double board certified cosmetic dermatologist in Dallas, reviews popular procedures for millennial men and women, gives straight talk about the consultation phase, and shares strategies for a harmonized face. This is Dr. Todd Schlesinger with Practical Dermatology's Practically Speaking, and I'm here with Dr. Elizabeth Hushmond, who is a private practice, double board certified cosmetic dermatologist in Dallas, Texas. And today, we're going to talk about what's new and what the trends are for the millennials. So welcome, Dr. Hushmond. Thank you so much, Dr. Schlesinger. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. So my question to you is going to be a similar question that I ask many folks on our podcast, that is that what's new in dermatology in your practice and and specifically relating to the millennials we're all seeing a lot of millennial uh, patients nowadays how is it important to the practicing dermatologist so I think the millennial patient is a really exciting opportunity for us I think in years past predominantly dermatologists would see patients of a little bit older age set the millennial patient is unique in the sense that they start early. I have patients in their young 20s that are recent college graduates. They're all working, they're young professionals, and they really want to take a preventative approach to skin care, aging, and wellness. And they are very well educated, very well versed. I think with the advent of social media, beauty bloggers, they are very much in tune with what is occurring in our field as well as overseas and I find that very interesting. Patients will come in a lot of times and they'll know about a skincare product from overseas or a procedure and how they've learned about that is through their social media or their friends and I think the millennial patient for me as a dermatologist it's so nice that they're so well versed because I can have a great discussion with them and come up with treatment plans. And Dr. Hushman, is there any significant difference between the male and the female millennial? Are you seeing more men nowadays than we would have seen in the past? In terms of millennials, I tend to see more female patients. However, as an overall trend, I am seeing more male patients. The male patient that I'm seeing, particularly in my practice, is a professional male, sometimes in their 40s to 50s. They're looking to look competitive. They want to look good. They want to look like themselves. and They want to know what options there are for skin care. We're in Texas, so it's very sunny. They want to take um, you know, preventative measures for skin cancer, but they want to look good for the workplace, and they want to be just as competitive as that younger 30-something that's coming into the workforce. So are there any specific procedures that they're asking about, that they're seeing about, and maybe direct so, consumer marketing? Um, the male patient for me, there are three things. Number one, I would rank as hair. All gentlemen, uh, no matter what their age, whether they're young or older, want to have a good head of hair. So they're coming in to find out specifically about what are the things available. And luckily now, we have things like PRP, microneedling, that are not surgical that can be done in our office and have really good 
data behind it, evidence-based reports, both from the European literature, Asian literature, and, and, and many good studies from the US, so that's a nice thing. Number two, um, a lot of neurotoxin. I did a, a segment about bro, uh, groom talks. Gentlemen want to look good for their weddings just like the bride does, and so they're coming in for that. And um, fillers as well. Men don't know as much about fillers, I think, as females, but that is surely changing. What about body contouring? Body contouring is a big one. The two biggest things that I've seen for gentlemen, of course, the abdomen and flank, and actually the um, submental area or chin area, the fat that's there, kybella, the cool mini, they want to know about that because gentlemen work out, take good care of themselves, but they might still have a little bit of extra fat in the stomach area, and so that's a huge area, and I think we have a lot of great options. So tell me your approach to the consultation of the millennial. Okay. Millennials are, um, like I said, very well-versed and well-informed, so that allows me to start at a higher level. I'm not having to explain things from scratch, but what I do like to explain to them is, number one, realistic outcomes. Number two, I, we are, as dermatologists, we are first and foremost physicians. I want to make sure that my patients are healthy, they understand any adverse events, I want to know more about their history and what their goals are. Anytime I sit with a patient, whether millennial or you know, of different age groups, I want to know what is their goal. Once I know what their goal is, I talk about expectations, I talk about risks, I talk about downtime. I think for all my patients, especially millennial, they want to know what is it going to feel like today? How long is my downtime? Does it hurt? Cost? Those are the key things to go over. And I think I also like to go over with patients what I think looks natural. The millennial does not want to look done. They want to look like themselves. And a comment that they'll make is, I don't want to look like my mom or I don't want to you know, get there. So they're trying to do preventative things. For them, it's very important to have realistic expectations. You cannot, and also, I say no, and I think that's something they're not used to hearing. I like to be conservative, and I think that's a key point. Um, as you know, unfortunately, there are some providers that will give someone really, really big lips or unnatural cheekbones. I like to create a very harmonious, balanced face. And sometimes patients don't know. They'll just say, I'm coming in, I just want to look a little softer, a little better, a little prettier. Um, temples are big in my older patients and the millennial chin, you know, just harmonizing the face, giving them a really soft, natural look. And then skincare is a key component as well, because I think if you have nice skin, that's the base, that's the foundation, and you kind of work from there. And those are baby steps. And how does the private practitioner that's aiming to draw more millennials into their practice how do they market to that to that group? Well, I think it also depends on the age of the practitioner. So I haven't been out that long. So I ask, I always ask patients, who, no matter who's coming to see me, how did you find me? And I'm very shocked to hear how they find me. They Google you. They'll see you on. I do a lot of um, local events, local media. I like to involve myself in the community. I take a ballet class. I did an event with them. Those guys became my patients. They're all on Snapchat. Instagram, Facebook, I mean, there's other things that they're on. And so if they tag you as their doctor, and they're very open, that's what I think is the difference. My um, older patients, I would say, do not 
post anything, don't really advertise. They don't want people to know. Whereas my 20-something, they'll go to their office, they'll say, oh my gosh, this great doctor did my lips, look at my Botox, and then they'll bring friends. So once you engage them, once they trust you and they have good natural results, you will just, it, it just kind of builds on itself. And do you engage them on social media as well in some way? Yes and no. So I have done it indirectly. I myself have worked with um, some of the companies, both Allergan and Galderma have been wonderful. We have done an event um, for the beauty bloggers where I injected model patients that were my own friends that I brought um, that happened in millennial age and then the beauty bloggers got to see it. Then they got to follow up with me in my practice and then they blogged about it and shared their experience, their photos and I think that was wonderful because I think people got to see, I, I read the comments for one of the bloggers, I mean these, I didn't realize how influential they are. One of them has over 80,000 followers and her followers wrote, oh we didn't know, oh my gosh they look so soft, you look so good. You know, they're watching, they're really watching these people and when I looked at where the people are, this blogger is from Dallas, but she had people from Australia, from Thailand, from you know, Arkansas, so th everyone knows about these things and so I think that for the provider that wants to sort of just stay in their office, you can't. We're in a global world. We are in a social media world, whether you like it or not. I do limit what's put on there. I think safety and privacy. Um, I personally do not post anything without signed consent forms for, um, specifically on my uh, consent form, it has all social media platforms. And then I spell out Instagram, Facebook, it's all written and the patient can decide if they want to engage, but they don't have to. We also have a separate box if they want to be on our website. We allow that. We give them multiple options, whatever they're comfortable with. But the younger patients, they're the ones that want to post these things. So usually they're just like, oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. So it's never been an issue. It's a new world with the internet. It's a new world. Um, I do also take care of a few um, celebrity type figures in Dallas that are on the news or different things. They don't want anyone to know, so I can't post anything on them. Um, I've been lucky enough to treat a few of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders or those auditioning. Same story. We couldn't post a lot of it because they have to get approval from the Cowboys organization in order to, to do that. So um, I can show the girls, but I can't state that they, who they are. If that makes sense. Makes so, sense. Yes. Yep. Do, you, do, you, do you use a PR firm or a marketing firm? I personally do not. Um, I've been very lucky in the sense that I enjoy social media myself and engage in it. And so I have been lucky enough to work with um, just, like I said, doing marketing events, getting out there in the community. I, I think it's, it is an option. I think it depends where you want to be and who you want to be. If you want to be known as the expert, I think you first have to start locally and then the national things will, will come. Um, the, the people that I see in our field that are on the um, national level, I know work with um, PR agencies and I think there is a role for that, but I like to have direct control over my image, what content goes out, so I, I like to work directly with people myself. So a few final, final thoughts for the practitioner looking to increase their practice of, you know, of millennials. 
I would say definitely engage in events that they like. So say, for example, if you like to do spinning or soul cycle or bar or something, being a participant and getting to know them is the key part. Um, I also think that um, get on one, decide who you want to be. Facebook, I find, is for an older group. I don't find that my millennials are really on there. Instagram and Snapchat are. So you have to decide how involved do you want to be. Do you want to have a blog? Do you want to have just an Instagram and post pictures? So it just depends on your level of involvement. And I don't think these things are hard. I think I myself, during the course of the day, I will take photos of things, I will post them, and I do that all myself. Again, I am very particular about, and I think we should be. We are physicians, we are putting um, patient information out there, and so you want to be really cautious. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Hushman. I really enjoyed this uh, talk with you, and hopefully see you in another podcast soon. Thank you so much, Todd. This was great.